Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tottenham, Tottenham, don't be a Tottenham. You want goals? Tottenham's got the... Tottenham, 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 Tottenham. I'm saying Tottenham very, very often. Hot shot, give them all you got. Let me make it plain. Tottenham are the kings. The kings of White Hart Lane. Top 10 Tottenham! Hello, welcome to a new show. Top 10 Tottenham. Uh, we thought after what an abject season we've had, uh, we thought we'd give you a bit of light relief during the close season as we wish for better days next season. Uh, as I'm recording the show, no idea who our new coach is going to be, no idea if Harry Kane's going to be there, but it doesn't matter with this show. Rather than the normal Spurs show, uh, which is, let's face it, group therapy, um, this is hopefully going to look back at some happier moments at Tottenham, a few sad moments as well. And today I'm delighted to be joined by someone who's been on the Spurs show, I think almost as long as we've been we've been doing our tawdry little show, journalist, author, screenwriter, and never forget the official writer of the Tottenham Hotspur official biography, Julie Welsh is here. How are you, Julie? Um. Yeah, I, I'm just looking at my face on the screen and I look a bit careworn, but I'm not really. <laughs> you, you look absolutely so, fine yeah, to me. I, let me just just let me express my great pleasure that we're in the, what is it, the Europa Toilet League, something like that? The Europa Conference League, yeah, yeah. which I've, okay. been look, I've been looking into today. Thank God uh, the might of Tottenham doesn't have to do a qualifying round, but we do have a playoff. We had to play a playoff a few days as the new season starts. Two legs against God knows who. Uh, <laughs> but ironically, we could be facing Jose Mourinho's Roma in the competition. That would be ironic, won't it? Oh, uh, yeah, I really look forward to that. I really do. <laughs> I know. But, I mean, you weren't one of these people that didn't want us to to, to get in this competition. Surely, you know, the, the more games, the merrier. Um. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, certainly... It's going to be um, interesting because, you know, might have a new, well, we'll have a new manager, probably won't have Harry Kane. Um, basically, uh, it's like a bit of, you know, you know, a kaleidoscope when you shake it mm-hmm. and it all sort of goes into a different pattern. Um, I don't know what the hell's going to happen. I, maybe that's a great state to be in. Yeah, exactly. I mean, ironically, again, it made me laugh. If you win the European uh, com- um, Conference League, all you get, I don't even know what it's called, all you do is get into the group stage of the Europa League the following yeah. season. What's, that what's, is incredible, what's, isn't it? What's second prize? Uh, I, exactly. I know, I know, I know. It's, it's shocking. Well, look, let's go through. I know it's, I mean, I presume it was quite difficult to just pick out uh, 10 top Spurs moments, but you're, you're, the 10 you've picked out are certainly an eclectic mix for for many other uh, Spurs fan out there, um, was it was it relatively straightforward, or did you have to sit there pouring over some memories? Um, basically, I just went with all the things that sort of stuck in my memory, even if they weren't 
actually sort of amazing moments for yeah. anybody else. I think that's a nice way of doing it. And and this way, I mean, our first one, I can categorically say now, I don't know how many of these, how many of these shows will do. This particular moment will not come up in anyone else's top 10 Spurs moments. Probably not even the man himself who scored the goal. Uh, so obscure. This is <laughs> the first one you came up with. The 30th of November, 2014, and Roberto Soldado scores his first league goal for Tottenham since March that year. Talk us, why is that in there? Um, well, I, I sort of, I kind of liked Bobby Soldier, even though he was yeah. absolutely hopeless. Not quite as hopeless possible as, uh, possibly as Vincent Janssen, but, um, you know, he tried so hard all the time mm. and it never happened for him. Um, and I just remember that game because I, I, I remember I was sitting in the East Stand Upper with my mate Alan Fisher, Spurs yes, blogger. Yes, that Tottenham on his mind, yeah. Yep. And um, it, I remember, I think um, Kevin Morales of Everton mm-hmm. put, um, put them ahead in about a quarter of an hour and you, I just thought, oh, shit, here we go again. Um, and uh, then there was an absolutely fantastic equaliser from Christian Eriksen. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was 1-1. And um, then we were sort of hanging on and hanging on. And then and Robert Soldado was sort of, you know, trying as ever. Um, and just about mm, just before the, the um, whistle went for the end of the first half, he actually scored. And- yeah. He was in the box from memory. I think he was in the box and, and put it away. I think <laughs> is my memory of it. I mean, I did, I did kind of find the clip, but I couldn't find a clip in English. It was a lot of people now take old clips and put some awful Europop over it, which for the sake of the podcast really doesn't help. Uh, but for those that you want to see this clip uh, or see the goal, it is certainly out there, but it's quite tricky to find. It's um, a sort of collector's item, Mike. I think yes. I think I put it that way. Um, yeah, a cute collector's egg. item. Yeah, and um, I mean, it was just so nice, you know. And I, everybody was so thrilled. And then um, it turned out to be the winner. Um, I mean, I was practically weeping with joy for this bloke. <laughs> you know, this <laughs> this really nice, but it, it pretty much useless striker. And it, when when he um, when when he left the pitch, I think probably he was substituted right before the end. God knows who for. But everybody stood up and gave him a standing uh, ovation, that's the including crowd me. For you. you know, that's I just that's thought, the this, crowd. yeah, this is yeah. Tottenham. This this was White Hart Lane at its best. You know, yeah. the Tottenham no, family embracing the useless striker. Yeah. No, I mean, I have, I've, I've, I've no memory of the goal. I do remember his first actual goal, which I think was in a European tie. He had a penalty, and it was yeah. the most nervous moment as he stepped up to take a penalty because the players went. Look, you better take this. You've got a chance of scoring. I think it was against a Cypriot team or a Greek team. We have over the years had some strikers who never did it. I mean, Sergei, Sergei Rebrov, probably at the time, was quite expensive. Was the most expensive signing. Uh, Gregor Raziap, you mentioned Janssen. Uh, Andy Booth was another obscure one. Ian Moores never scores was the chant from Stoke, the gentle giant. Um, I mean, we really have had some... Some triers, don't get me wrong, but some really awful ones, haven't we? Oh, yeah. Um, and it, <laughs> the, 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 the thing is, I think he was incredibly expensive, you know. Yes, I think Soldado was. Yeah, he wasn't cheap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it was just, I remember that. I mean, I mean, I remember that first pen. And didn't he then score a pen against Crystal Palace as, as I think well? you're right. Yes, he did. His, his penalties were very efficient. And I remember yeah. watching him and I thought, oh, yeah, this bloke's the business. You know, mm. he's going to And he's be still known. playing. He's still playing yeah. to the state. Villarreal, I think, yeah. is that. Yeah, and probably doing well. I, I yeah. mean, it must, must be the curse of it's Tottenham. The to- it's the Tottenham curse, whether you're yeah. a great player coming to Tottenham or a great manager like Jose Mourinho. We will oh. ruin you. We will ruin. <laughs> we will ruin any reputation you had. Go straight down the top. George yeah. Graham won many, yeah. many trades yeah. at Tottenham. Yeah. Come to Tottenham, oh. you're fucked. Yes. I mean, it's just... <laughs> It is. I reckon there is some kind of curse, God knows when, how. Some ex-landlord, yeah. I mean, the pub, just, the pitch used to be near, I don't know. The, I mean, how many slips through the net? Potch, obviously. Harry Redknapp. Um, 
in, in, in sort of recent times. But it's quite true that, they're, I mean, no wonder they're taking a long time to decide on the new manager because nobody wants to come, come here, I don't think. <laughs> Exactly. Well, at the second, uh, your second moment is certainly one that all Spurs fans, uh, even if you, you weren't alive when this happened, would, would certainly would have seen. Uh, it's a man that we've had on the show a few times, a really, really lovely guy. And that moment is obviously Terry Dyson, the 1963 European Cup Winners' Cup, his belter for 25 yards that made it 5-1 against Atletico. What were your memories of, of, of then? I mean, you were obviously quite young then. Can, can, you, can you remember watching the game or where you were? I just remember um, Terry Dyson by then was sort of running like a crab. He was sort of injured. Um, I mean, it was just sort of this really valiant performance. I mean, that... They, 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 it was a really fantastic performance by Spurs because they, you know, they had so many injured players. Bill Mackay wasn't playing. Um, in Dave, fact, yeah. Sorry. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Bill Mackay was a rubbish player. Never got in the time. <laughs> never got in the team. <laughs> Sinking fast, yeah. aren't they? Bill uh, Mackay yeah. and Dave, Dave Nicholson. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dave, Dave wasn't playing because he was injured. And yeah, uh, so he was right. blubbing in the corridor afterwards because he'd missed it all. I mean, yeah. it was the most, it was just one of the most gorgeous, gorgeous Spurs performances ever. Um, I, if, 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 you, if you were old enough and lucky enough to be there, that must have been fantastic. But there was this sort of great line afterwards, which I put in the uh, Spurs biography, which was Bobby Smith yelling across the dressing room floor, Dyson, Dyson, you better retire now, Dyson, because there's no way on God's earth you'll ever play that well again. Which, I mean, all these years on, he still talks about uh, yeah. uh, Terry whenever you interview him. Let, let's listen to that goal right now. Making interceptions, they have... They're playing some superb football. And away they come again. This is Dyson. Smith moving up on the right wing. He's cutting in. He's calling for the ball. But Dyson's got another. He's got another with three minutes to go. Well, just let Dyson breathe so he can be there at the presentation. So it's 5-1, a great and glorious victory for Tottenham Hotspur. What, what I like about it is, is, is well, I mean, and we're going to talk about um, Danny Blanchflower, obviously, at more length later on in the show. He famously uh, said once, certainly an anecdote came out, that before the game, Bill Nick was going round talking about all the Atletico players. And I think uh, it was Blanchflower said, look, forget about them. We're Tottenham, we can go out and do it. And kind of sort of change the whole kind of team talk and forget about them. They should be more worried about us. And should, clearly that translated itself on the pitch, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. That, that, that I think that that match has sort of really given rise to so many legends, so many anecdotes. Um, this whole thing about it was that, that then, you know, they were an absolute team. Everybody played for each other. Um Ron Henry once said, you know, that they actually loved each other. And I, I just, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a sort of soppy quote or anything like that. I could see what he meant. And I think that that was the sort of culmination of, um, you know, that great Spurs side. Because, of course, 63-64 season ended in tragedy, really, um, because of John White's death. And, you know, that, that was, it kind of re it reached its zenith. Do, is that zenith or zenith? Anyway, um, so that that to me, yeah, that goal sort of signified the sort of pinnacle mm. of Spurs in at that period of time, basically. And, and also for younger listeners, you know, a, 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 again at the time, it was such a groundbreaking achievement—the first British yeah, club first ever. In Europe ever to win a major European trophy. Now, you know, when the champions, there's a British team, the Champions League, every other season or whatever. But then 1963, um, you know, this is way before the 66 World Cup. And, you know, I think at that time, some, some British club hadn't even bothered to play in, uh, in Europe or certainly weren't getting anywhere near it. It was such a massive achievement, wasn't it? Well, it was. And, you know, um, 
to think that, that, you know, it's come to the Europa Conference League for Spurs this coming season. You know, how have the mighty fallen? But I don't want to put a damper on it. You know, this is our little achievement. We stuffed Leicester, stopped them getting the Champions League next season. I mean, what more can you ask for apart from finishing above Arsenal again? Well, that was that was lovely as well. I mean, so it, it's it's always sweet. And we always play we it down more. Com- we always play it down com- more than their fans, yeah. which I like We take well. our comforts where we can. I think that's that's what we have to look back on this Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, what I like about your third choice is it's, uh, which I wanted when I thought about the show, was sort of personal moments. You know, they don't have to be particular goals and games and whatever, but this was obviously a personal moment for you. Why was August 1973, Comtry 1, Tottenham Hotspur nil in your top 10 Spurs moments? Oh God! It was my first match report ever. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember anything about that match at all, <laughs> apart from the fact that Spurs lost. Um, but because it was so personal, you know, I, I, it, it was just passing before my eyes, and all, all I was doing was, was sort of, you know, concentrating on, on writing my first match report because I'd n- never written a match report before. I've never actually filed a live report before. You know, I was this alien being in the press box. Um, trying not to touch any of the men in case I, they thought I was trying to rape them. Um, it was. I, I hadn't. I actually found a cutting of the first match report. Oh, really? Did you? Oh, amazing! It was, it was complete and utter shit. It was. Oh, so, really? It was so pompous. I'm, I'm, I was trying to emulate my kind of sports writing, one of my sports writing heroes, a colleague of mine, Arthur Hotcraft, who always used to write in this terribly sort of sonorous, pompous manner. And so, you know, I, 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 I was Arthur Hotcraft for the day. Um, I mean, so many anecdotes around that again. But um, the funniest thing was um, I had to dictate my copy afterwards in what was in the Coventry Press Lounge, which was this sort of win- almost windowless box, you know, high up in the gods. I can imagine. And you get all, you've got all these sort of blokes sort of sitting there, all dictating their copy. And I was sort of trying to talk <clears throat> in this very low, rumbly voice. I wouldn't sound like this. Um, and when I sort of put the phone down, having dictated the copy, that it was, everything was completely silenced silent because they'd all been listening um so and and then this bloke sitting next to me said with sort of a kind of surprise in his voice that was very good amazing, <laughs> amazing. which obviously you 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 obviously recreate in the film you wrote those glory glory days which were talk about further when did you think it was interesting you sort of said you you found the report recently you thought it was awful when do you think you found your own voice when you started writing football, was there a particular article game when you look back and went, okay, I've got it now. I'm in a flow now. This is how I'm going to write them. I think that it was probably two or three matches later um, when I went to Norwich v Arsenal, nice sunny day, you know, uh, 10 CC playing on, on, on the sound system. Um, or EOC, I... as they were once introduced in Manchester <laughs> at a working men's club. Please welcome to the stage, EOC. There you are. That's one I've just thrown in. <laughs> True story. Oh, I never uh, knew that. One. True oh, story. Fantastic. Yeah. But I just thought, I suddenly, I think I started to find my voice then because I, I, I was just watching all these blokes running around, basically. And I, I, um, I, I thought, you know, some, some moments are quite funny. and. I, so I started writing in a few more kind of jokes in the copy. And by the time I got to uh, Crystal Palace v Middlesbrough match four, um, you know, I'd sort of slipped into a bit more of a style. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I couldn't do it now. I just, you know, you have, every, every, you have to be so serious and stuff like that. Um, I used to get this terrible... I, I, I wrote something um, quite jokey about the Ipswich captain, Mick Mills, once, and it sort of triggered off this, these incredibly angry letters from, from, from a man in Ipswich who, who, who kept, 
kept writing in saying ban this woman and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, so I, I never I never really cracked it in Ipswich. I don't know why. I don't know what Ipswich had against me really, but you know, it's a, it's a it's a place I I kind of go back to very quietly and I don't say my name. But it's funny you you said there that the football writers got so much serious. It's the same with a lot of uh, TV coverage as well. When you look back at Saints and Greavesy, and and when they were doing live games as well, and you look at it now, whereby again, I mean, I'm I'm the same as you. We we tweet at the same time during certain games, and some of these co-commentators just do our head in with the bias. I mean, the, the Leicester game yesterday was a prime example with. Um, Vardy's second penalty, clearly not a penalty, clearly cleverly held on to Sanchez, and yet no one picks it up or no one no one's make, makes light of it. I don't know why it's got so po-faced and serious. Do you think that's just because of the money that's in the game now that even people who write about the game are scared about losing their jobs by sort of being a bit different? I just think that, I don't, I think that it's lost all its diversity. I mean, I can remember some incredibly witty writers in my day, like David Lacey of The Guardian, who some people might remember. Um, They had a very good woman writer too, Cynthia Bateman. Um, I mean, even up to, I don't know, what, 10 years back, something like that. I mean, um, you actually had Marina Hyde writing about football and she was she was funny, but it's just so much more intense now. And I I don't know whether it's... it's, yeah, maybe because of all the money in it and 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 all that, it, you know, perhaps it seems to matter more. But I mean, people write funny stuff about politics, so why they don't write funny stuff? But I, um, I mean, at the same time, it wasn't a joke of joke a minute when I was writing, um, you know, because uh, it, it, you, you you sort of get swept up in the emotion of the moment, um, and uh, I. I don't know. It, it was just so. It was more light-hearted. Um, God, you can tell how old I am, can't you? Yeah. <laughs> well, talk about being uh, swept up in the emotion of the moment. This next moment and clip is certainly for probably most Spurs fans. I think this would be in the majority of people's top tens because it was it was such a ground another groundbreaking moment for the modern Tottenham, as it were, and the modern football. And that was May the fifth, twenty ten. Peter Crouch scores against Manchester City to put Harry Redknapp Spurs into the Champions League. Let's listen to that goal right now. And now Kabul got past Bellamy, deflected, and Crouch has scored for Spurs! And is that the goal that takes them into the Champions League? That was an amazing moment. I mean, I was actually with Theo Delaney, who was a dear friend of both of us, um, working together, and we was... We both couldn't go. We were working, and that was just a moment being with someone. Where were you when that goal went in? Oh God, I was just in front of the telly, sort of not able to believe my eyes, basically, um, because it didn't really sink in at first. I thought, "Oh, Peter Crouch, who I love, um, oh, he scored a goal." You know, it was just sort of um, that kind of knee-jerk reaction, and then it began to sink in. You know, yeah. this means that. Yeah. But the thing I really remember about it afterwards is those um, the shots from the dressing room where they sort of, I don't know, what did they pour over Harry Redknapp? Some wasn't sort of too... Kool-Aid, wasn't yeah. it? Or some kind of, yeah. yes, David <laughs> Bentley. That's right. And you could see Harry's face. You know, it had the expression, trying to take this in good part. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. Really, really but I don't think Bentley ever played a game after that, did he? Yeah. I mean, what was incredible looking back at this? I, I watched the game back. My God, we missed some chances. We were all over them that night, and Defoe missed it as ex Tottenham goalie was at Martin Fuller pulled off some saves, and you just couldn't kind of see the goal coming. And when the goal came, it was quite an, it wasn't really a great goal, really. Cabal got wide, crossed it, the keeper made a bit of a hash of it, and, and Crouch was in there. But it was such an amazing moment, and we had. Um, well, Harry's obviously been on the Spurs show, but Clive Allen came on about a year ago and he told this great story about how he's selecting the team, him and the coaches huddled together, this is what we're going to do. Then when he went out to tell the team the top first 11, he completely changed it. And to this day, Clive Allen doesn't know if he generally made a mistake and, and named it incorrectly or just had this hunch, no, I'm just going to go for it. And and it well, obviously it paid off, didn't it? I, I- to me, it was the sort of the beginning of um, a new Spurs 
you know, yeah. I I just you you just feel so great, don't you? When when you you you're in the Champions League, never happened. Spurs, little Spurs. Um, yeah. It you kind of it, it was definitely one of those walk tall moments, and that that following Champions League season, um, in spite of the fact that it ended with Crouchy getting sent off against Real. Um, yeah. It was. It was still a. It, it was a great season. That was a fantastic, fantastic side. That, you know, I can't begin to tell you how much I. I sort of. I just yearn for that side to be back. Absolutely, totally agree. Let's do one more before break. Uh, again, a, a, might not be many people's top ten moments, but certainly, <laughs> oh, the joy and pleasure of this one. 1st of April, 20,000, 2018, Delhi scores twice against Chelsea at the bridge. Chelsea won, Spurs three. First time in 28 years that Spurs won at the bridge. Let's listen to the moment now. Is Deli Alley arriving? Good first touch. Oh, what a goal! Deli Alley! Silence to Stamford Bridge. Eric Dyer saw the run. Ali got between the two defenders. Superb first touch. Caballero was caught off his line and Deli Ali knew where to place it. A win here, and that will put all the pressure back on Liverpool and Spurs look for third place. Here's Hung Min Son breaking into the area. Denied by Caballero, still not fully away. Hung Min Son. What a scramble in the box, Deli Alley again! Spurs have a two-goal lead! Well, it's getting better and better for Tottenham, courtesy once again of Deli Alley. It was a lovely ball to set Hummin Son free. Chelsea could not get the ball away. It fell to Deli Alley, and he stabbed it home. Tottenham stretching Chelsea, and Deli Alley had the finish. He makes it Chelsea 1, Tottenham Hotspur 3. Why did you pick that one, Julie? What, 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 what was this moment like for you? I just loved the faces of those awful Sp- uh, Chelsea gammons as, you know, the realisation. As he ran in. towards them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, you know, that their superiority was over. Um, and it, I've, I've got a photo of Delhi just sort of sauntering back after I think it's the his second. Um, he just looks so great. You know, he looks like a little boy who's been pressing doorbells and running away. Um, and you can see all the faces of the Chelsea fans behind him, yeah. you know, the sheer hatred radiating. And he doesn't give a toss. Mm. Um, he just saunters. And um, I that that was Delhi at his very best that I mean, it was a it was a great performance anyway. But but um, what I'm I'm getting onto a hobby horse now. I mean, what what Mourinho managed to do to him, I don't know. But he just destroyed Delhi for a while, um, and it's it's just so great to see him back. I say, as I say, I've got that photo on my lock screen, and whenever I need cheering up, oh, you know, nice. I just <laughs> look at that photo of Delhi and and. And you know, De- Delhi and the Chelsea gammons, gammons is me and this really shitty year. You yeah, know, absolutely. Um, I mean, what what the relief was again? I mean, that whole twenty eight years, the amount of times I've been there and watched us play well and lose, and one of the Chelsea players would score a worldie like out of nowhere, <laughs> and you're like, oh, not again! Or Drogba would score in the last minute, and it was just one of those grounds. And you know, and, and unfortunately, I do have a few friends who are Chelsea fans. There was always a drink back up the King's Road or Fulham Road afterwards. And there's always that walk about, oh, I'm going to really get patronised in the pub. I get again, oh, unlucky Spurs. Well, you know, you gave gave it a go. And it's that kind of thing I used to hate for years and years and years. And it was so lovely to beat them and beat them in the Tottenham way as well that, that day, wasn't it? It really was. Well, to me, it was my sort of personal revenge of for Didier Drogba scoring that penalty to win the Champions League, which yeah. um, lost us our fourth place um, right. all those years ago. Was it 2012? Um, 2012, just, that's right. Um, Bayern Munich, Moscow. Yeah, yeah uh, that, which um, I just thought, you know, 
this is how football's gone. You know, it's the, the Chelsea, the rich man, the, the, the rich man's plaything. Mm. Um, and it was sort of so depressing. So when when we sort of, um, yeah, when 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 Chelsea got beat at the bridge that day, I thought, yeah, take that. Take I mean, I, ironically, we, we've got them into the Champions League uh, this season. Uh, we did them a massive favour by beating Leicester and then losing I it for us. So, I mean, my God, I mean, you know, it, it never ends. Well, let's go Let's go to a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to discuss your final five top ten Tottenham moments. Back in a few minutes. And we're back from the break. Uh, this next one, uh, again, certainly a, a game that no one else on this show will ever mention. Uh, a, a personal Spurs moment for you. 6th of August, 1973. Not even a Spurs game. Crystal Palace 2, Middlesbrough 3. Why was this moment such a top moment for you? Well, uh, it's actually... Um the moment which the start of those glory, glory days is based on. And it's absolutely true. Um, it was my fourth match uh, and I was still sort of <clears throat> finding my way in a bit. And um, I mean, really, nobody wants to report Palace and Middlesbrough, do they? And I, 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 I just, <laughs> you got the I short just, straw there, <laughs> didn't you? I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, is this the end? Are the matches I get sent to going to? At least it wasn't Middlesbrough or... Palace. At least it was in London, I suppose. Yeah, I've been sent. I've, I was sent to Middlesbrough too. I <laughs> mean, you know, they, yeah. they didn't discriminate. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, it took me ages to write this report because it. I, I mean, I, I was just sort of feeling so depressed about it all. So what I didn't notice was Danny Blanchflower in the press box because, of course, by then you know he was a he was a sports columnist on mm. the Sunday Express. So anyway, I, I, I finished my match report after that um, about five hundred years, and everybody else had sort of gone off and you know were in the press room drinking and then leaving. And I can just remember. Dragging myself away um, through uh, the, the the very third world car park at Sellers Park, and I thought, oh, I know, I'll cheer myself up by getting a taxi back to town. Mm. Uh, so I sort of there weren't any. You, you didn't get any taxis no. sort of floating around looking for punters in in, yeah. in around Sellers Park mm. at that time of day. Even now. Oh. Yeah, there you go. And I walked, I walked up the, I walked up the hill, you know, trudging yeah. a bit. And I was standing there, and I couldn't get a taxi anywhere. And, and suddenly, this this Mercedes drew up, and I thought, ah, oh, oh dear, have I got a curb crawler? Um, and then this this Northern Irish voice said, "Would you like a lift?" And I looked in, and there was Danny, Danny, my hero, you know. But did you, you know, see him in the press icon. box? Did you know he was in the press box that day? No, I didn't. So you didn't, didn't even see him. So this this was like was a vision like, from nowhere, then, yeah, wasn't it? It, it? it was the you know right. the, 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 like the voice from above. Yeah. Um, wow. Suddenly, Danny Blanchard <laughs> manifests himself in his posh car and asks and says, "Would you like a lift back to Fleet Street?" So I hopped in, and he drove me back to Fleet Street. I mean, I I, wow. I, I just I, it's a bit of a drive I mean, as well, isn't it? Selhurst to Fleet Street. It, 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 sorry. It's a bit of a drive, a bit of a way, wasn't it? As well. Oh well, you know, I, I wish you, I wish you'd been driving me back to <laughs> Siberia. In fact, you know, it, 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 I, it, I wished it never ended. But I got in, and I just said this really, really wanky thing. I said, "I used to watch you play." And I know. You could yep. see his eyes glaze over. Oh, well, there's another one. Which is in the film. You use that yeah. line in the film, and he says, "Oh, you yeah. know, everyone says that, or yeah. or, or whatever." <laughs> you know. But, yeah. but it's like but it's like saying to your favourite pop star, I've got all your records. <laughs> it's, the same, it's the same thing. Oh, you know. Why did I say that? You know. Oh. Wow. That's lovely. But, so lovely. But, but we, we had, the, I mean, he, we, we just chatted, or he chatted all the way back to Fleet Street because, of course, you know, once 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 Danny started talking, there was you, you, you could just sit back and, and, and listen, you know. You didn't did, have you to become quite friendly, did you become quite friendly with him after that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, d um, I mean, he, every time I saw him at a ground, you know, he'd come up and talk and things like that. But, he, you know, I phoned him about quite a few stories and stuff like yeah. that. Um, yeah, I mean, 
what probably my best achievement you know friends with Danny Blanchard I told my colleague Arthur Hockcraft um about this wonderful journey back um Danny Blanchard he spoke to me and Arthur just said I'd probably run out of other people to talk to so oh. that was me put in my place oh, but it, bless. it was it was my most joyous moment wow. ever that's and amazing amazing what, it is amazing it was yeah, just Danny Blanchard manifesting himself in the gloom of, uh, around Crystal Palace. Yeah. yeah. Well, we obviously couldn't get the clip of that actual moment because no one was there. So what we've got instead, and again, any of you out there, I, I can't believe anyone listening to the show hasn't seen the Glory Glory uh, film, but here is the uh, trailer. Here's the original trailer of the film. It's a bit of a compilation of all of you, like the, the, the top moments of the film. And here is the original trailer now. Danny. No, it's not. It's Julia Herrick. No, no, it's Danny. I've taken a pseudonym in honour of Danny Blanchflower. Oh, Danny, 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 Danny. And who is Danny Blanchflower? He's God, that's all. God kicking a football. <laughs> Trailer's got all famous bits of uh, your character being interviewed by the teacher and uh, talking about football and my name is Danny. Wonderful, wonderful film. When, when you wrote when you wrote that screenplay, did it just flow? Did it just, or did you kind of was it a tough thing to write? Um, I've still got the table I wrote it on. Oh really? Um, yeah. Um, these I, I didn't. It wasn't the easiest thing to write. Because you know, I, I I didn't at the time know an awful lot about structuring a screenplay, um, right. but I can remember just sitting there, some of the dialogue I was writing, and just laughing to myself like a mad <laughs> like a mad bag lady. I, I just sort of was thinking myself back into the twelve year old mm, me. Yeah. Um, it was yeah, again, um, a lovely experience, um, which. Uh, few people are granted, I suppose. Um, yeah. It was just a really, really nice time in my life. You know, uh, Spurs weren't that, you know, Spurs weren't. I'm just trying, when did we film? Um, oh, I think the summer of 83. 83, like yes. 83 yeah. it would have yeah. been, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Was it David just... Putnam was the producer? Is Putnam the producer? Yeah. Well, yes. yeah. Yes, yes yeah. that's right. Yes, yeah. yeah. That's right. And a, and a wonderful, terrifying man called Philip Savile, who di- yes. directed The Boys from the Black Stuff. That's he was right. the director. That's so right. it was an all-star cast. And um, you, with, 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 with the sort of friends that you talk about in the film, uh, all growing up and, and loving Tottenham, are you, were you still in contact with them many years on or was it kind of a memory you they, had to draw back from? They, they kind of... They sort of disappeared from my life, but one of them, the the original, um, who the original tub, yeah, um, she actually did get in contact with me. Oh, to, really? Um, what was this so, after the film, or yeah, yeah? Oh, that's a lovely. Oh, how so lovely! We had, we had lunch, but the funny thing was, you know, she'd become a psychiatrist, which oh, is God. A, yeah. well, you know, if, <laughs> if, if you're a Spurs supporter, that's that's really not a bad. We all need one. Into. We all yeah. need one. Yeah. 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 I, I, I just imagine her, you know, treating all these sort of worried, angst-ridden Spurs supporters. Yeah. And was she still a Spurs fan or was that part of her life that she'd kind of forgotten about? I think that, I, I, I think it, more important things had right. <laughs> come <laughs> to her. 
I mean, you know, we weren't about to discuss Archibald and Cook. <laughs> oh, what a shame. Oh, that's lovely. Okay, and our next clip, uh, our next moment, top ten moment. Again, this this is a this is a lovely one. I th- I've got to remember, I think I saw you there that night. I think we were sitting near each other. The third of April, two thousand nineteen, Spurs two, Crystal Palace nil, the first game at the new stadium. Hodmin Son with the very first goal. And let's listen to that goal now. Eriksson, one back of Milivojevic. Son, good opportunity here. Hyunmin Son into the area. Surely, it's into the net. Hyunmin Son write his name into Spurs history. Their first scorer at the new stadium. Relief all round in North London. It's Tottenham Hotspur 1, Crystal Palace 0. He has scored some massive goals for Tottenham Hotspur. But the first at this footballing theatre will surely be one of them. It's a massive deflection of Milivojevic into the net, which took it around the goalkeeper. Spurs won't care one bit. They lead against Crystal Palace by goal to nil. Min Son does it for Tottenham Hotspur again. Uh, why is that in your top ten uh, list, that, that moment, the new Spurs, as you put it earlier? Well, firstly, it's kind of one of those I was there moments, which, yeah. which are always lovely. Um, in fact, I've, I've been to the test matches as well. Um, yes. But this was totally different, you know, the full stadium. Uh, thank goodness there wasn't too much pomp and circumstance before the match. Mm. But I was yeah. really, really nervous because I thought we're going to lose this. You know, there's mm. a Crystal Palace player. Is <laughs> Only be- a true Spurs fan <laughs> would utter those words before this big game. We're going to lose this. <laughs> Stadium absolutely full for the first yeah. time uh, under the lights. And you're in the press box before you went into the, the new press box, didn't you? Oh, a, well, it's not. A, it wasn't a press. I mean, it's not a box. It, it? wasn't it's like a press a lounge. Room. Yeah, yeah it, it wasn't even a press lounge. It was the media center. Oh, they are media center. Like, Sorry. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> it was like going into a really, really good cafe. Yeah. Or even restaurant, you know, all these lovely clean tables and, you know, no overflowing ashtrays, no yeah. smell of booze or anything like that. Um, it was so beautifully appointed, so comfortable. And they had a ladies' loo. <laughs> and, you know, that is amazing. Because, you know, <laughs> this would never have happened. Um, they, even Highbury, um, in, in, back in the day, uh, which had a really nice press room with sort of all the wood panelling and a little sort of bar where you could order your drink. That didn't have a ladies' loo. It had a men's loo. So I used this, this lovely um, Daily Mail reporter called Jeff Powell would actually stand outside the bog when I wanted to use yeah. it just to sort of guard yeah, it against sure. intru- yeah. intruders. But anyway, yeah, my, that had a ladies' loo and I actually overheard uh, one of the blokes say to another, why is there a lady's loo? And he just said my name, Julie Welsh. And I just thought, oh, really? you know, I've arrived. You know, I've, wow. I've, 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 <laughs> if I do nothing else in life, you know, I've had a lady's bog. They should put a gold plaque in place. your name above yeah. the toilet, maybe, I, I, or the I toilet door. That, <laughs> uh, and, and I don't know how many ladies are listening to this, but I tell you, they actually had molten brown accessories in the ladies' Very nice. Life. I don't know what the men's loos were like. But nothing the same. No, they're, they're the same. But they've got they, they've got those dispensers whereby no yeah. one can no one yeah. can nick them. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> That's what did, I love no, about no. it. These, these these were nickable. Oh, these were nickable. Are in, 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 in the us, us plebs? We it, can't get anywhere near them. It did, it did sort of cross my mind. Shall I take a souvenir? And I thought, no, that no, that's really naff. Um, but anyway, yes, Son's goal. Not the best of goals. It took a crude deflection, but it didn't matter. It was all about it was all about winning that night, wasn't it? Oh well, it was, but it was also all about Son because I mean he saved that season. I think in lots of yes. in lots of ways because um, the Harry Kane's biscuit ankles, um, yeah. and it was just so it was just so lovely. 
that 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 he was this um that he was the scorer um uh yeah yeah so that was a great night uh another one for the memory it was and the next one we're gonna we're gonna go back 20th of May 1967 the very first Cockney Cup final again another game against Chelsea uh obviously we at this stage we never really lost the cup final we beat uh they weren't even rivals then I mean to many of us they're not rivals now so to many people this is a smaller club but there we go I suppose financially they're not uh let's uh, remind us of those wonderful goals against the Chelsea Mullery shot hit the defender Robertson was perfect for the rebound Forty-five minutes gone, Spurs one goal ahead. Bad for Chelsea. Again, and decisively as it turned out, the sheer class of Tottenham Hotspur showed itself. From Robertson's header, Frank Saul shot into the net. Where were you at this stage? Were you at the game? Where were you? Ha ha. I mean, let's... Um, going going well back in time, you see. I mean, where did you watch? You either had to go to a game uh, or you might watch Match of the Day. Uh, I think that had just started. Um, but and, and the FA Cup was really, really special. And I was a student. I was at, yeah. uh, I was at Bristol. Um, and I, they had this sort of big building called the Students' Union, which had two bars. One was the long bar and one was the short bar. And I was in the crowded long bar and they had this little black and white TV. So oh, wow. you know, um, for, 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 for younger listeners, you know, these would be perched on a shelf. Um, high up. Way up yeah. high. And, uh, yeah. um, I mean, where even a basketball player would have had trouble watching. And, of course, there were yeah. all these blokes crowded around the TV set and I'm five foot two and I was sort of jumping up and down trying to see the action. And I just I mean, I just just kind of um, remember the euphoria, the absolute euphoria of that moment. And I thought, oh, Spurs are on their way back, you know, after yeah. the sort of doldrums of the mid-60s, you know, they're on their way back. And, of course, and going on from there, um, that was the um, uh, Spurs, um, the charity shield um, yeah. later famous, on against Man Jennings. United. Yeah. Um, <coughs> Pat Jennings, that yeah. girl. Um, yeah. And uh, in fact, I've been doing a bit of research about the early start of that season for the Spurs biog. Um, yeah. And uh, the match I was researching was um, Spurs five, West Ham one. Um, two goals from Jimmy Greaves. Frank Stall mm-hmm. scored. I mean, it was just a wonderful Spurs support. Mo- su- uh, yeah. I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm <laughs> it was just a wonderful sort of period for Spurs. Just that that. Uh, uh, I was looking at all the press cuttings um, and they <laughs> typical, 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 you know, Spurs are tipped for top honours this season. Yeah. Spurs yeah. are unstoppable. And then, of course, it all, it doesn't quite end in tears, but it all goes downhill. Um, I mean, the 67-68 season, of course, that was when Martin Chivers made his debut. That's and right. Steve, Steve Perryman, lovely Steve mm-hmm. Perryman, he was just coming through. So that was kind of... Spurs beginning yeah. again. Um, I mean, funny enough, I interviewed Perriman recently and, and, you know, he sort of said that moment when he joined, well, it was an apprentice at Spurs, getting there and it's the the new, the press day of the new season and here come these superstars wandering in with the FA Cup to have these photos taken. He goes, what a moment to join a club and go, wow, that's what I want to spar to. And what I like about, what I've always liked about the 67 Cup win, you know, you, know, you mentioned Greaves, England, all these, these big names, Frank saw Jimmy Robertson, you know, in Tottenham folklore. I wouldn't put, I, I, I wouldn't put in the same breath as sort of, you know, um, Alan Nilsson, Ralph Coates, who got key goals in cup finals. But I like the fact that Tottenham have always had these players. Ricky Villa always had these players that didn't have illustrious careers at Tottenham, but will always be in Tottenham folklore for getting important goals. And those two were certainly, certainly up there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had a point there to make, but I can't remember what it was now because I was so fascinated by what you were saying. Mine. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Very rare for anyone to be fascinated by what I say. I, I've remembered the point now. Uh, I was researching the first time I ever went to White Hart Lane. Mm. Um, and it. my parents were chummy with Ron Greenwood. Right. Yeah. The West on, Ham manager. Yeah. 
he was on the cocktail party circuit. Right. So um, I used I used to kind of um, pretend to Ron Greenwood that I was a mad West Ham fan, and he'd actually give me tickets. Um, and so the first, you know, Ron Greenwood was responsible for the first time I ever went to White Hart Lane. I went on my own, and I just remember I was in the, you know, being in the West Stand. So, because these are posh tickets, um, right. but I just, I love, I just love that old West Stand. Oh, it's my favourite. The wooden. You know, yeah, when there was yeah. a corner, we just used to bang our feet on the floor, yeah. and it made that noise whenever we got a corner. Yeah, Danny Blanchard used to say, you know, he remembered the sort of sound of the studs on 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 the floor. Click, 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 yeah. as they went went out from the dressing room, into, you know, on, into the tunnel. Yeah. Um, it, I, it was a lovely building. I was absolutely gutted when Irving Scholar had yeah. pulled down because I yes. just think it was magnificent. It, it, I remember um, as a kid. The I remember the kid as a kid. There was an old bar there because there wasn't a bar in the um, the new the new. What I say the new the one that came in eighty two the the newer stand the interloper. Yeah, exactly. There was an old bar there, and as a kid, I, I do remember that sort of heady mix, that smell of Henry Winterman's slim panatellas and the smell of sheepskin coats. Yeah. It was yeah. that kind of mixture of smells you used to get as a kid. You used to walk into this bar to find your dad or whatever. Just used to be lovely, you know. There we are. Oh, <laughs> God, memories. And anyway, <laughs> your penultimate, your penultimate top ten Tottenham moment. This is a, this is a beauty. And I'd be interested to see the, the rest of the series... How many people um, have this one? 30th of April, 2017, the penultimate game at White Hart Lane. It finished Tottenham 2, Arsenal 0. Let's have a memory now of uh, certainly uh, Harry's goal. Here's Kane. Billy Alley into the area. Ericsson now looking to make amends. Still going. Good save. Billy Alley's there. in the first half goal number 21 of the season for the England midfielder he's 17th in the Premier League and you cannot hear yourself think inside White Hart Lane right now 56 minutes played Deli Alley makes it Tottenham Hotspur 1 Arsenal 0 Pushing forward for an immediate second goal. Harry Kane into the box once again. He goes down. Referee has a look. It's a penalty. No hesitation from Michael Oliver. The Arsenal players surround him. But he had no doubts. And Harry Kane, who won the penalty, will no doubt take it. It's Harry Kane against Petacek. No doubt about it. Harry Kane makes it Tottenham 2, Arsenal 0. So what was your memory of this one? We are uh, Delhi and Harry scored within two minutes of each other. Um, this was sort of peak po- Pochettino, wasn't it, I suppose? It was for me, I think, Probably the happiest as I've ever been as a Spurs supporter since well, I was a child, you know, since the sort of mm. the, the, the since the double side would strung their stuff. It was um because it was, yeah, Pete Pochettino, it the, our last season at the lane, um, and everything seemed kind of blessed. And um I I was again East East Stand Upper mm-hmm. with my friend Alan Fisher. We were sitting there, and I can it was Arsenal, and I just, I cannot begin to tell you how unbelievably tense I felt, so much so that I thought, I'm, God, I'm going to have a heart attack. You know, <laughs> I, I just, I thought, this can't be spoiled. Please don't spoil it, you know. Yeah. I, I, um, and I, I actually had to get up, leave my seat, and I actually had to, you know, go down those stone steps and, and just walk around because I just felt, you know, my heart was going at about, you know, 500 beats a minute. And then I heard this sort of 
roar. And I thought, oh, who scored? And, and, I, and I just thought, oh, can I go back? You know, so I started moving back to my seat. And then there was another roar. I mean, it was, they would, I just missed both those goals. Yes, they were in three minutes of each them. other. Yeah, there was Delhi. There was Delhi. Sort of uh, got his leg to it in in, in the That's box, right. rebound, and then and then it was a penalty. Kane went down. Kane took the penalty, yeah, yeah, and whoever yeah. the Arsenal keeper was, I have a memory. He doesn't even move. He just admires the penalty going past him, <laughs> which I think is lovely. Yeah, yeah. You know? but that. Uh, I, but, uh, I, sorry, go on. On. no, I was going to say. I mean, you, you have a bit of previous, or certainly moving forward with missing goals, because one of my favourite. One of my favourite stories you ever told was the um, was it the Ajax game and the Man City game. The Man City game, you went to bed. The Man City away no, Champions League. Yeah. You told me this great story, three all. Uh, sorry, Aguero, whoever scored the goal, which was disallowed. You you didn't realise it disallowed until the very the next morning. No, it's right. Um, it wasn't completely. It was. I think my husband was so annoyed he turned the TV off, and I thought, yeah, I can't Brilliant. bear it either. I just can't bear to watch, you know, that Guardiola and his frightful hooded cardigan sort of strutting around the pitch and stuff like that. So I'm going to go to bed too. And um, yeah, went to bed, and then in the morning, he turned the TV on, and suddenly, suddenly, uh, I. It, it had happened, you know, um, the miracle. I mean, almost almost the miracle of, of Danny Blanchard manifesting himself. I mean, it was the se- same energy. Um, yeah, uh, yeah uh, the best <laughs> goal I, I, I never saw, uh, exactly. obviously. Yeah, yeah, that was, I, w- I sometimes, I wish in a way I'd included one of those, that, you know, something from that match as one of my top 10 moments because it it was, was great. It was almost... I suppose it was better than than the three one at the bridge in a way because mm. it meant more in terms of um, what was going to happen. Uh, and I just also I remember being on the Spurs show. Um, we were when you were previewing the home game um, against right. Ajax. And right. I said. You, you asked everybody for their predictions, and I got the prediction right. I said, um, uh, "We'll, we'll lose we'll, one we'll, nil. We're going to lose one nil, but we'll 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 do them in Amsterdam." Wow. And we did. We certainly did. I'm, yeah, I'm sure that moment will be in many people's yeah. uh, moments moving forward. And find the, the the last one, and this is what I like about it. It's 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 not even really a game, but it's it's late summer, 1983. And the moment when, you mentioned Danny Blanchard before, but uh, Bill Nicholson, the great late Bill Nicholson, spoke to you for the very first time. Tell us tell us about what happened. Well, to, just to give you a bit of background, um, in those days, press conferences were held in the Spurs car park. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, you'd stand up and decide this sort of rather shitty Morris Minor or <laughs> something like that, and Bill would come out and you'd sort of march across the car park and all the all, all the press blokes would would sort of crowd around him and because I knew he didn't approve of, of, of women you know involved in football I used to sort of cower on the edges and you know he, he, he I, I mean he, I think he I just think he was born glaring anyway and I you know I'd, I'd just get that glare um, what's a woman doing here? So, I, and I didn't dare ask him any questions or, or anything like that. So, um, when come the day, um, they we'd filmed Glory, Glory, and um, there was a private showing, a cinema in Soho, and the that it was an empty auditorium apart from the producer David Putnam, the director Philip Savile, the writer me, and. Bill Nicholson, and he was... Was it just four of you? Just four of us. No, really? Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't, because normally I know with screenings, you get the actors in, it's a bit of a thing. This was the private screening, this was the four of pri- you. Yeah. This so was whose idea private- was it to get to get Bill Nick and get his kind of blessing, I suppose? Well, I don't know. I'm, I mean, David Putnam can do, could do anything, you know. Yeah. And um, so anyway, Bill wow. came along. Uh, um so, and did he, and did Bill recognise you from all the press stuff and you working around Tottenham? If he did, he didn't say anything. Right, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he he was sitting behind me, right, um, all through the movie. Um, 
and it was oh, how I weird was, you're I, watching I, it had you seen had you already seen the film was this the first time that you'd seen it as well uh it was the first time i'd seen it we oh, did wow. have a big we did have a big sort of you know cast and press at whatever right. and guests showing later but this was right. the first time i'd seen wow. it so you're watching and, it the first time with bill nicholson behind you yeah wow. yeah wow. i mean <laughs> what an ordeal eh? yeah. and it was everything, you know, he was watching in complete silence and I thought, you know, he's going to sort of start start ticking me off afterwards, you know, just like he used to do the team. Um, and th- he just said there was one line in it when the little girl Danny um, is playing with her paper cutouts of the Spurs side and she's sort of giving them the team talk and she says, remember, when not in possession, get into position. And uh, that moment, this voice booms out from behind me. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, that thought, is amazing. You know, maybe this isn't going to be so bad after all. And anyway, the lights, kept, you know, show ended, lights came up and we sort of convened, at, you know, in the foyer. And Bill just came up to me and he said, I'd have given you the tickets. Oh, how lovely. And how I, lovely. I mean, he. everybody said, you know, what an easier, more laid-back character, more humorous he became yeah. once he'd stopped uh, yeah. his involvement. Being the Tottenham manager. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, he obviously was a humorous man. Um, and just, I, I just had this thought the other day as well. You know, I was talking about Ron Greenwood being chummy with my parents. I mean, it was, it was a posh street that, that um, we lived in. We were top of the hill. And uh, Ron Greenwood was about sort of four houses down in what used to be the coach house of, of our house. It was really nice, well-appointed coach house, you know, beautiful top dollar and everything like that. And I thought, oh, God, if only Bill Nicholson had moved in here. Yeah. But, of course, he was, you know, what was, what was the name of the road he lived in? It was off White Hart Lane, Cranbrook Garden, something like yeah, that. something like that, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very modest, you yeah. know, very Quincy down Jose Mourinho living in N17. Oh, you yeah. know, just yeah. nipping, just nipping home to use the toilet. I'll be back in a minute. You can see that happening. <laughs> nipping you home know. for his dinner. Yeah, yeah, but, it's incredible. So, it, it, so obviously, you know, Ron Ron Greenwood, you know, sort of lived in style, and, and Bill Nicholson lived this really sort of modest life, which I thought was quite touching, really. But it's also, sort of I'm just thinking, in 1983, he's still yeah. relatively a young man, isn't he? Because he, uh, he he started managing the team. He obviously played for Tottenham in the in the fifties, uh, early fifties. Became manager in I think it was fifty eight for memory. Um, so you know this is only well this is twenty. There's only twenty years on from the the the, the, the European Communist Cup that we've already covered. Nineteen eighty three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, so he's still right. a relatively young man, wasn't he? It's not like you know. No, it wasn't. It wasn't sort of you know an old bent ninety year old. Mm. But I mean, to be honest, um, because I was still quite young then he's mm. just seemed old as the hills to me right. he was a sort oh, really? of historical figure almost yeah. Uh, yeah. so it was, yeah it was it uh, but of course he, he looked exactly the um the same you know the, the the trousers were sort of very neatly pressed he was absolutely spotless and neat um well dressed in in you know that sort of very very matter of fact way you know, very smart, no sort of style or anything. Just, um, <clears throat> I don't know, magic, magic man. That's lovely. Well, look, that's a great memory. Julie, thank you so much for coming on Top 10 Tottenham. Uh, some great moments. I'm sure all of you at home or the car, wherever you are listening to this show, enjoyed it. And how's the, uh, presumably you're, 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 you mentioned that your research, you're doing a new edition of the official biography. Uh, the season we just had is going to be an interesting chapter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I, it, it's you have to be very diplomatic with the way you write this one. <laughs> I, it's been the the hardest um, update I've ever had to write. Where do you start, Mike? Where do you start? Do you start? Mourinho <laughs> in, Mourinho out. Um, so oh, actually, God. what I decided in the end, best thing is to go back in time and relive, you know, the first time I went to White Hart Lane and what I saw there um, to lead into, you know, what it means to be a Spurs supporter. So and you're then... basically glossing over it as much as possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Barely a mention. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have, because it's official, I'm going to have to say something positive about Jose Mourinho. We're, Whereas I absolutely 
loathed him even before he joined Tottenham and I loathed him even more once he was at Tottenham I just thought this is the worst thing that's ever going to happen to Tottenham and I wasn't far wrong was I not far wrong at all I mean maybe you can spin it you know the club were delighted to uh, win the chance of being in the inaugural European Conference League. A wonderful, <laughs> wonderful achievement for this club. And I mean, you know, who knows, you could spin it any way you want. But I think, uh, I'm, I'm sure it'll be quite a, a shorter uh, addendum uh, chapter, <laughs> I, I'd imagine. And, uh, well, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's incredible you think how many editions, because it, 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 the club is such a soap opera on and off the pitch. I mean, I mean, this is this 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 gig's never going to end, is it? How many? How many? They're going to keep. They keep having to update it, won't they? Which yeah, is wonderful. This is honestly, this is my pension almost. <laughs> <laughs> what? But you know, isn't it? It's, it's so great to be able to do it. It's just so lovely. Um, you know, whether it's good or bad or whatever, um, it's it, as you say, it's it's a soap rock opera it's a never-ending story it really doesn't matter uh in a way whether we win whether we lose or anything because you're just telling the story of 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 of, of this great club because it is it is it is and that's why we despite despite what we all have we endure we we all love it you know that's that's the thing they've they've got us to the end unfortunately uh julie thank you so much for your time uh thank you for listening everyone at home Uh, we'll be back next time with another top 10 Tottenham. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.